And welcome back to yet another episode for Radio Liferay. And this is a uh, well premiere, first time that I have a co-host with me, who is a repeat guest on Radio Liferay. Uh, it's Milan Diankov. Hello, everyone. And uh, we are back with the guest from last episode, which is Ray Auger. Hi. I guess no more introduction needed, uh, because both of you are well-known. Uh, we decided to have the modularization episode, uh, just to remind you, as a module of two. Actually, this is the third on modularization, I think. Um, and uh, we covered the motivation already. Now let's geek out into the actual things that we need to do as developers. So let's pretend I have some investment into LifeRay 6.2 just because I have. And I'm now looking forward to update to 7.0. How much of my investment do I have to throw away? How much do I have to redo? And how much can I just reuse, uh, just reuse provided that the API, of course, still is somewhat uh, the same? And speaking of those plugins, let's go through the, uh, I'd say the, the main plugins that we have in LifeRay, which is portlets, for example. Then let's talk about hooks. And let's talk about EXT in the end, because that's the deepest topic. Let's pretend I have written a portlet once, because I have. Uh, what's the story in LifeRay 7? And uh, yeah, how much of that should I rewrite now, or can I just reuse it? So, right now... The only ch let's say you may you wrote a portlet and you didn't communicate with any of LifeRay's services, uh, you wouldn't have to change anything. Deploy it and you're done. That should work 100%. percent. Um, the the uh, gotcha might come where you are using one of the more complex or Java EE-like uh, portlet frameworks, perhaps uh, something like uh, the Faces, Liferay Faces, or uh, just Faces in general, or perhaps a Spring MVC. It should work. Um, faces, if you're using CDI, may have some complications, and we're still kind of working through that. Uh, but the goal is that that should work at hopefully for release, if not shortly after. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the basically, if you're building pristine portlets following the JSR 168 or 286 specifications, and they are bundled as WAR files as they have traditionally been, they should be drop-ins uh, in LifeRay 7 and just work. Uh, that's the goal. Um, now, if you have a portlet and you're communicating with certain LifeRay services, there's two scenarios. If that service is... Uh, so, at that point, you're using LifeRay API. And the moment you're using LifeRay API, being that this is a major version increase of the portal, the obvious first thing will be to resolve any... API changes that have happened in, in those APIs. So mm -hmm. compile, fix compile failures and, and all of those things. Um, the next thing is the two possible scenarios. 
the service remains uh, a service that is available and visible in the global scope of of the app server, which is where LifeRay shares uh, was the bridge between LifeRay's legacy plugins or traditional plugins and LifeRay itself. And this was uh, using services uh, with the util wrappers. If that service is still in the in the LifeRay core, then again, no change needs to be made. If that service is has been migrated into a module, um, then one of two other that this branches again and splits into two possible uh, cases. The service has been moved to a new package. Again, that's a compile fix, but you should be okay. Um, and secondly, it hasn't moved to a new package, or uh, and then, then you're fine. So the typical... So that that's assuming that you can take your WAR file and it will not... It, it will run inside the library war adapter, the, the WAB, run as a WAB, which means that LifeRay has effectively converted it to an OSGI bundle and installed it and resolved it, and uh, that's done transparently. So you continue to deploy WAR files, and then LifeRay does some magic on it, and it's an OSGI plugin suddenly, without you doing anything. Exactly, yes. So that's the that's the the, the compatibility compatibility layer to legacy stuff, mm-hmm. and in that sense, uh, anything that was built, which was a, a a hook, a theme, a portlet, a layout template. What's the what are the other ones? Those should all work. Uh, a, a web. Those should all. Those should all effectively just just work mm-hmm. out of the box. Now, there's a couple of gotchas, of course, on top of that. That's good if you bring them, because that would be my next question uh, to to utilize Milan's uh, experience uh, with the modules already. But, uh, but to say like, hey, is the keyword should or <laughs> uh, or what? But as you said, uh, you're going into that detail yourself. Yeah, and and, and I don't want to move on to the other. I want to do all of the different uh, plugins individually, as you stated. So we're still just mainly talking about portlets at this point. Because I, I, I think there's some, some more issues we need to discuss there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going back to portlets specifically, there, there's a couple of different implementation changes to the, that have been made to, for instance, uh, there, there has been relatively significant change to LifeRay's own MVC. Uh, portlet, and and now it's much more of a framework than it used to be. It was, uh, it was use, useful but fairly limited before. So the MVC framework in LifeRay has been extended quite a bit for 7.0. Mm-hmm. So that might, I I don't remember if there's an incompatibility there or if it's just uh, adding more functionality to it. So that might be a detail you you'd want to look into because I, I I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'm not specifically familiar with those uh, with the framework itself because uh, it's not something I work on but I, I've seen the changes and I know that we've had to adapt some things right mm-hmm. so definitely package changes there and, and so on um, if you're using 
something like CDI through through something like Faces, then there's a little bit of 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 research and work that we still need to do some due diligence on. Uh, for instance, the most the biggest the biggest concern will be access to the implementation of CDI. For instance, if you're if you're relying on an app server CDI implementation, then the visibility of the CDI implementation is different when you're in a, a web app in the app server versus being a, a web app inside the OSGI runtime. So there's some okay, yeah. there's some details of visibility that we need to work through there. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean it, it it will not work. It just means we need to again do some do some due diligence and, and figure that one out. Uh, it's something on our to-do list for 7.0. Uh, so the, I think the outlook is for the general case of the portlet is pretty good, actually. Um, and then it's just whether you're doing really, really out of the bar, you know, really advanced or really technical or really complicated framework stuff then 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 we need to look a little bit more closely at those so if if for the people out there in life ray or radio life ray land uh if you're doing something really different and complex in your portlets now's the time to let us know about it so that we can keep an eye on it and make sure that we've accounted for it um I'm trying to think of anything else that's so okay. You you have a legacy, and now there's the next phase, right? Now you you have this this legacy portlet. It's fairly uh, typical, but you want to you want to leverage something that's inside the OSGI runtime services or whatnot. There's there is a you you may want to look at converting it to OSGI uh, services-based portlet, uh, which we're just calling component portlets, um, which means changing the way that your portlets are configured and whatnot from using you know XML files to using annotations and, and those kinds of things. And then you get direct wiring to services, and those are really nice, nice uh, things to, to gain. Um, the composition of your application is much cleaner, much smoother. The code ends up being much more testable, uh, and and so on. So there, there's you could you could take advantage of many different aspects of OSGI there if you wanted to. Um, but again, that's not my, mandatory, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that I think that pretty much covers it for portlets. Um, but I mean, if you have questions more specific or. So I think one question that is often asked is to what extent I, as a developer that has absolutely no knowledge of, of OSGI, can ignore OSGI? I mean, can I totally pretend that there is a, just a new library version and don't have to do any investment into a, or, or go through the learning curve? Can I just pretend it's, you know, something changed this a new version and I'll just keep doing my old stuff the way I'm used to do it. Uh, yeah, so basically that's probably the case where you're using the SDK, you're just following LifeRay's traditional build mo- development model and you're, uh, that should continue to work. And when you do that, 
uh, it's much easier for LifeRay's conversion tool to do a very good job of converting that into an OSGI module for you so you don't even have to care. You basically continue to build ignorant of, of, of the OSGI, you know, what OSGI means. You're building your plugin. You're, you're being productive. You're building your plugin and then you're just trying to deploy it and that should continue to work. Okay. Then let's move on to hooks. And All right. Some, well, there's, there's many different kinds of hooks, but, uh, I'll let you choose the order. So let, I'll, I'll, I'll save the worst for last, but let's go with the traditional like services or indexers or, or the, the, the Java objecty kind of, mm -hmm. uh, services or hooks that you would traditionally make. Those, those continue to work. Um, and, That would be probably the best candidate for conversion to an OSGI style because there's so many more advantages to doing it for, for those types of integration points, what we're calling integration points now. Uh, for one, hooks have not been extended to include all of the new uh, extension points that are available to LifeRay. So, in other words, you're still going to be limited to the extension points that were available in 6.2. Okay, yeah. Um, and so, if that's all you need, you can continue to use those hooks and the, the way that they're implemented. However, there are hundreds more integration points accessible in LifeRay uh, 7. So, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's probably going to get to the point where Uh, you want to go into those extension points and you won't have the opportunity to do it with hooks. You'll have to, you'll have to use OSGI modules to do that. Fortunately, it's very, very easy to do. So it's basically the, the, uh, current investment stays the same. Yes. Doing, and there's more options. Yes. Sounds good. So that's, that's for the, that's for the one. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, it's okay. Now, I was just going to ask you about, uh, strut sections, because that's one of the things that you could change with hooks. Uh, and, um, since we are changing the, uh, structure of the portlets, so how that reflects, say I have a bunch of strut sections in my hooks, what I'm supposed to do with those. Okay. So first of all, um, strut sections still work. However, there are many of the core portlets, which, which were implemented using struts that don't exist as struts portlets anymore. They've been converted to uh, MVC framework and have been themselves ex extracted as OSGI uh, bundles. However, so the struts actions still work, but the struts action you're trying to override, you're trying to hook into may not exist anymore. Uh -huh. And in that case, for I'll take for an example, for example, uh, user admin. If you're, if you have a struts action that you've, uh, overridden or added to user admin, well, the user admin portlet is now using the MVC framework. Furthermore, it's all, it's also an OSGI bundle. So you would need to be inside the OSGI framework, uh, uh, which is, which is a moot point. So ignore that, but you're gonna no longer, your, your struts action will be effectively useless. It will register, but it will do nothing. However, uh, what you'll have to do in that case is you'll have to convert to uh, uh, a, a, an MVC portlet uh, 
action. An MVC, it's actually called an MVC, uh, command. And there are different phase, uh, commands to uh, attach to the different phases of the portlet lifecycle. So you'll have to convert to that, which is, uh, a relatively easy API, uh, con- uh, change. Uh, I think, uh, I think the action commands have effectively one or two methods at most and right. it's similar to what a struts action would have done. It has access to the request response, blah, blah, blah. blah. So you're changing that. Uh, that would certainly have to change. So, so just to, to, to be clear about it, so uh, you stick in the struts actions, but obviously things may not be struts anymore. So yeah. if, if I'm in one of those situations, I'm kind of, uh, there, there is no uh, new extension point into hooks. So I'm based to, to actually override life ray MVC or provide life ray MVC actions. So essentially my option is actually learning a bit of OSGI uh, and, uh, and, and be kind of the OS, provide the OSGI bundle that is going to use the, uh, whatever is available there to hook at the right place. Yes. Uh, the really, uh, nice thing though is that we already have uh, some examples that demonstrate how to do that. And it's a very concise, very simple code to implement. You really don't have to be too worried about the fact that it's, it's, it's even implemented as in OSGI. It's really just, this is the framework for how the structure of your of your project that that has this logic in it, and here's how you build it, and here's how you deploy it. So it should be fairly easy to to make that jump from one to the other and not have to worry too much about the fact that it's OSGI. That that's that's actually one of the uh, largest things, the biggest concerns that we had, and it. I, I don't want to say that it was, uh, I want to, I want to phrase this properly here. We leveraged the very best parts of OSGI so that, um, you wouldn't have to be as worried that things are implemented in OSGI. And that is very much more possible in the last several iterations and with the different frameworks that are available to us, particularly things like uh, build tools uh, like BND, which are much more knowledgeable and do much more calculation of the of what's required and what what it means to create an OSGI bundle. The developer has much less to worry about. Uh, and then other things like declarative services, uh, where you're using more of an annot- you're using an annotation based way of 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 uh, uh defining your services and you d- really don't even need to necessarily be too aware that that you're you're creating an OSGI service you're really just annotating some pojo with some extra a uh, little bit of extra metadata in order t- to get that into the system and so it's 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 much more concise it's much less uh uh, it's mu- it, it, there's much less to to have to wrap your mind around in order to do that. So uh, I think that if people uh, just uh, uh, de-emphasize that they need to learn OSGI and just I don't want to say buy-in because that 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 sounds more like uh, they have to make a huge change of, of mindset. It's more just kind of uh, resolve themselves to the fact that if they just learn uh, a couple of annotations and a, a couple of keywords to put in the configuration file 
then the output just has so happens to be an OSGI bundle. Forget that you need to do something in OSGI because it's not really it's not really something you you need to actively think about too too much. That's cool, isn't it? Given the fact that if you really know OSGI, if you really want to do something, you still can do it. Yeah. Okay. So the, um, um, one other thing I wanted to ask you is. Um, now, uh, back in this, well, up until 6.2, uh, the only extension points, so-called, we had it uh, basically at hooks, right? I mean, excluding XT, because, you know, XT could do pretty much anything. And so for hooks, it was so easy that you get this XML file with the DTD, and now you basically know all your extension points, which, fairly speaking, wasn't that much anyway. And now with, with 7, uh, those extension points are... Uh, well, it, it's a lot of them. <laughs> so, um, is, is, is there anything that's going to help a developer trying to figure, you know, to, to, to get to know what those extension points are? Yeah. First of all, uh, they should all be properly doc- documented in the developer network. Uh, eventually. <laughs> that is a goal and it's a goal, uh, that is actually already being worked on and it's, it's, uh, we're, we're fleshing out the details for those and it should be available for the release of 7.0. It's something that we're, we're definitely, uh, it's, it's going to be quite a large catalog. Uh, it's probably going to take a little bit more time to, to get it all, uh, documented, but it should definitely have, I would hope and I would think that it should be relatively, uh, safe to say that 90% of the stuff that you would want to access and want to integrate with should be documented in the developer network by the release. And, and the parts that might not end up documented would probably be things that have arrived a little bit later and are probably relatively like quite a bit deeper, um, um, Things that could easily quickly be documented once we, once we just start to flesh them out. Uh, one of the things that actually is interesting, uh, is that uh, on the IDE and tooling side is, uh, we've, we've, uh, tried to brainstorm and we have some ideas on actually building tooling that will produce reports of what the extension points are available to you in the runtime and what is connected to those extension points currently. So you can actually see a live view of the, of the state of the world, uh, which I think will be very useful. And, and if, if then we could it, make that a little bit smarter and then connect that with documentation so that you could see, okay, not only uh, um, do I see the integration points and not only do I see the implementations that are connected to those integration points, but how do I create a new one and what is required to be able to connect to those? And, and, you know, what are, what are the, you know, what are the requirements to be able to implement that? And then that points to documentation that, that, that would be, that would be really, that would nice. be really, really nice. And, and I think it's totally doable to do that. It may not be something that we get for the release of 7.0, but I think that's something that people would be either willing to pay money for. So if you're a partner, if you're a community member, uh, and you ambitious and you want to get your hands dirty a little bit with OSGI, if you can beat LifeRay at building such a tool, I think you'd make a lot of friends. Um, but 
it's a, definitely something that is on our radar and that we would hope that we could get to. Uh, to, to get a, a view of the world that's accurate and then you could play with it. Uh, I think that would be, yeah, that would be incredible, uh, uh, advantage versus other, other platforms. All right. So you're going to go with a few more hooks or, uh, I mean, hook types or you want me to pick one for you? Uh, I'm still waiting for the last one. <laughs> yeah. The last one, let's, <laughs> it depends if it's, if it's not the one I think it is, if you have something else in mind. Uh, I think it's fairly simple. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the language. Oh, uh, the language, the language hooks should continue to work. However, there's, uh, there's uh, several or a couple of new ways to integrate with languages in the portal, uh, again, through SGI services. And it's actually, it's actually um, very, very simple and very powerful now to, to, to do language type uh, modifications and, and integrations in the portal. So um, that's definitely still working as a hook. But it's also you also have other ways to do that in yes, a more OSGI service. In a, in a sense way. of now we have a lot of modules, and uh, you know, like you said, user admin, for example, or whatever other module is extracted, some, some leaves somewhere else, and eventually, well, maybe not user admin, but some other models you may choose not to install. Mm-hmm. Um, so how that is the, in terms of, of translation? You know, are these translations are together with those modules or do I need to be aware of which modules translations I'm overriding or it's still like one global uh, kind of change into uh, properties there's actually two types there's the um, there's the portal wide global uh, uh, translations uh, which has I guess what you could say is the number of keys have decreased because as we've extracted modules Keys that were not used anywhere else, but in that module were extracted with the module. And so, uh, the number of keys in the portal has shrunk. It probably hasn't literally shrunk because I think we've added many more keys yeah. of, but they have changed. And uh, so some of the keys you might expect to be global are no longer global. Um, but definitely the ones that are there would still be uh, accessible by deploying a hook to to the global scope and you could override those. However, overriding the language keys in a particular uh, module um, is effectively just an additional piece of metadata that says um, you want to attach a a new localization to this portlet. So there's only two uh, localization scopes that exist. Uh, There's a global localization and then per portlet localization. Rather per module, I guess. It's actually per portlet. Okay. So, uh, because um, I'm thinking here. Uh, portlet XML has a resource bundle per portlet. Exactly. Anyways, right? That's that's the one that I'm. That's the only other one that exists because in the in the in a portlet application in an application no in the xml of a portlet you can define localizations for that portlet and so in order to be able to reach those localizations uh you're basically deploying a a, a new service which is a resource bundle and it's it's attaches to a portlet and you basically indicate which portlet it should connect to so in let's say i um, use life rain as 
you know, what my strange language, and I found that the default translation is not so good. So I provided my own translation, which was pretty simple. I just created one properties files, changed whatever I needed to change, and now I need to to upgrade to seven. So part of those things will still be global. Yeah. Part of those things will end up in in some portlets, in some modules. Right. Which what is uh, what I'm what I what is it that I'm supposed to do now? How do I figure out what's where? And how do I split my stuff and, and, and attach it to the right place? Um, so that'll be a little bit of work for sure. Um, you'll probably, and, and the one thing is I'm a little about doubtful I, because I don't have a computer in front of me and I can't look at the code. I can't remember. I, I, I don't recall if it's possible if if there's an interaction between the global uh, keys and those that are per portlet. I don't remember if there's a fallback mechanism. I seem to recall that our implementation for language keys always had a fallback to the global. And so if you, uh, 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 I don't remember the priority ordering. Uh, All right off the top of my head. So I don't recall if there's still a way to say, okay, I don't care what the portlet's doing internally. These are the keys I really want to use. Uh, we'll have maybe something we should look at to give some kind of priority ordering so that you can revert to some kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to override everything. And this is my entire collection of, of, of language keys. Uh, make sure that these get applied above anything else. Right. Uh, I think it's, it's definitely something that we could we could look at. All right. I, I I think. Oh, we're recording, so it's already been noted somewhere for posterity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was going to say write it down, but yeah, I'll, <laughs> we've I'll, recorded I'll look up, it. I'll look up that information that you uh, that you were not sure about and add it to the, to the show notes. Oh, perfect. Um, I'm just remembering one more question for the uh, the localizations because so far LifeRay is using the language properties uh, all in UTF-8 which is totally contrary to what Java typically does um, uh, as encoding. Are you aware of any changes there? No. We're still using UTF-8 encoding. Okay. The, the, I'm, I'm not sure if you were going to mention the last hook. Because uh, yes. Was, <laughs> of course, that's the most interesting. I'm nervous. <laughs> okay, I think that leaves one more hook. Um, coming in on your queue because uh, there's one missing uh, which is the one that uh, everybody seems to be everybody's darling uh, I remember uh, several blog posts on that uh, my own and it seems to be the JSP hook yeah the JSP hook is a very contentious beast um, <laughs> I mean you hear it in the voice but just for the audio listeners you, <laughs> should, you should see uh, Ray's face <laughs> uh, this was always a very difficult um, extension point to deal with uh, for LifeRay because it was there's effectively no compatibility um, assertions that you can make on JSPs. There's no there's no API there's there's no um, there's there's basically nothing that you can rely on to say that you haven't broken something. There's no, there's no, there's no contract aside from just the name. And then what the dependencies are of that, uh, again, are, 
are not something that's documented. So it's quite easy for uh, JSP to have imported 50 packages and another JSP to import one package and replace one with the other. And it, the application itself doesn't really care or, or to call a number of services or to do some Java code and to create classes and to do all kinds of very strange and powerful and weird things that you probably shouldn't do in something that doesn't have a contract. So it, it's, it, the model was so loose as to be very hard to get a hold of. Uh, so what did, what is, what is, what did, has that always meant for developers is that, um, it would constantly break. Uh, your JSP hooks would constantly break because, uh, you could never rely on the fact that life rate didn't never change that JSP or never made any modifications. There was no contract to go against to, to assert what should be done there or anything. Um, after all, I, typically see them rather as an ext or ext plugin than as a as a hook they happen to be deployed as a hook but they are really 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 implementation side exactly so several things are obviously changing uh, uh for one even without osgi even with outside of the fact that a lot of the ui has been modularized out into bundles there are other th- there are other things that would have outright broken the majority of JSP hooks that exist. And those are the drastic UI changes that have taken place, uh, you know, for um, the application of the new um, user experience frameworks that are in, uh, in, in LifeRay. Uh, for instance, uh, I don't recollect the name, um, Lexicon? Lexicon, the application of Lexicon, the application of the new bootstrap framework, uh, you know, new, new tag libs that have been developed and, and just general changes like that, that have been sweeping changes across the UI of LifeRay. And if we had not modularized a single thing that would already have utterly destroyed most people's, uh, JSP hooks and they would have had to start from relatively from scratch because there's no way that we could have accounted for what changes they made, right? So there was already that. And then on top of that, there is the fact that we have extracted many, many of the core portlets out into OSGI modules. And so that those JSPs that you previously were targeting in some portlet, which is now extracted, that JSP hook is uh, effectively moot because it's your the hook will still get deployed it will still get added to the portal, but it's not overriding anything that's being accessed. It's not overriding anything that's being used. So um, that's certainly something you need to to to, to consider as a, a fairly significant change to 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 your investment and what you've overridden. So, however, uh, it's still possible to use JSP hooks and it's still possible to use JSP hooks in the traditional way that they were implemented before. It's just that you may have way less to work with because there's just less JSPs in the core to, to override uh, from a traditional hook. Um, but what we have added on top of that is 
we've made it possible to create a JSP hook inside of a proper OSGI module using proper OSGI services to uh, uh, connect to one JSPs that are in the core. So you can you can build a JSP hook, which I don't want to say is wrong, but I would say is not a generally good practice, but you can do it in a nice way and use OSGI and build a service and do it in a service oriented way. It's still going to override the JSP in the core, but, uh, uh, you know, like overwrite and do some, you know, however that's implemented in the core, it's still implemented the same way. You're just implement your, your implementation is doing it in a more servicey, nicer way. Um, so there's that. You can also uh, override the JSPs that are in the OSGI bundles. So you can create uh, uh, a fragment bundle and connect that to any of the portlets that have been modularized that contain JSPs and override their JSPs. So even though there are less core JSPs to override, there's actually more JSPs to override because now you can override the JSP in any portlet, not only LifeRays portlets, not only the core portlets, but even the third-party portlet that uses a JSP. There's a framework there for you to override the JSPs in any portlet. In fact, you can override, yeah, you can override JSPs in, a, in, in any OSGI bundle. Uh, so that's, that's, that's powerful. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a, there's another use case. There's the overriding the JSPs in the core from, so from a legacy style overriding from the legacy style. I can't remember if we, I know I don't, I don't think we added the ability from a legacy hook to override the portlet that the JSP in a module. I think that's the one part of the matrix we didn't we didn't fill in, but uh, all of the other all of the other possible ways of overriding JSPs we've implemented. Uh, Con considering JSPs being really implementation level, uh, it's yeah. kind of expected that they totally, utterly change uh, completely with the next version anyway. Yeah. Now, what we are what we are what we are planning for seven is to have more reliable ways to extend the UI than to just use JSP yeah. overrides. Um, many more integration points in the core. And then on top of that, it just outright different ways of tackling that problem. So basically, uh, there's, there's two things. There's two basic things you want to do. Maybe there's three things you want to do. One, you want to outright replace what the UI is doing with what, with some new implementation, a drastic new implementation. And in that case, you're just, you're producing a new UI. Yeah. So one of the things you could do if you're just producing a new UI is that you can, you can, uh, you can replace the render phase of any portlet with a portlet filter. Mm -hmm. Uh, previously, you were never able to, contribute portlet filters to other portlet filters that you didn't own 
because the only place to register a portlet filter was in the portlet.xml file, which wasn't that useful. Um, yeah. Because you're filtering your own portlet, and so why wouldn't you just do the logic in the portlet? And so portlet filters were relatively useless. Useless because beast. Logging. Yeah, no, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, or however, <laughs> however. Now we have uh, the ability through using services, a services model, um, to contribute portlet filters to any portlet that's registered with the portal. So if you wanted to replace the UI of some specific portlet that you didn't write, you can contribute a portlet filter that just supersedes the render phase. So you could put a render, render fil- rend- portlet render filter and just replace the UI outright. Which is now really necessary. I just want to make that explicit. So implicitly, you have already said that, but uh, LifeRay 7, you will need to be able to override random portlets because uh, typically now, well, in 6.2, hooks are built for extending LifeRay Core mm-hmm. and don't do anything with any plugin. Now that exactly. LifeRay Core shrunk significantly down to a very small size and all of the plugins, uh, all of the portlets are in some modules, uh, a hook would be totally useless if it would just be targeted to the core, uh, which now ideally in the end has nothing left. Uh, but exactly. Some modules that uh, that are loaded to it. Exactly. I just wanted to make that explicit. So you, you basically said it, but I wanted to, to rephrase that uh, into the, the usefulness of hooks that they actually now... Uh, have quite a lot more power. Yeah. Uh, so not only the core LifeRay portlets that are coming with LifeRay anyway, but also the um, uh, like any other portlet because there's no difference. Right. So uh, just just to continue my last thought before before we move on to the next is that there's multiple different layer levels now at which you can do overrides of the UI. Particularly for particularly for portlets, which is probably the most significant uh, replacement that you're doing. Uh, if it's not a portlet, then it's likely still a struts action, and then you can just override the UI. Um, that way, you can just replace a struts action, call a different JSP. That's much more friendly than than uh, doing a, a JSP hook. Um, so there's a low level. I just want to replace the UI with something new and probably the most appropriate thing to do there is to have a portlet filter. Uh, the next is I just want to contribute some additional um, I just want to contribute some additional bit of functionality to an existing place in the in the UI. And uh, for instance, I want to add a new login mechanism and that should display in the login portlet. This is just one example. And so as many places as we've recognized that this is the traditional model that people have, have like this is a traditional place where people are overriding a JSP to do this thing. We've added integration points there to be able to contribute uh, dynamic includes, which that's what the API is called, a dynamic include, to include some bit of UI into that location. And it's a very simple... API, you have full control of the what what uh, uh, what happens in that area. You can output whatever uh, UI that you that you want, mm-hmm. and so we're basically just providing an integration point 
uh, a simple integration point at very specific areas. And we are trying to make sure that there's enough of these to eliminate a significant number of the JSP hooks that people have written and replaced with a, a concrete API that will be, you know, stable and easy and type safe and all of that. And then there's likely to be places that we've missed because we have, we can't account for everything that people do. And, and so we're, we're, we're still looking for the places that we, we might not have accounted for. So if, if you, again, in uh, radio life free land, if you know of a place you're looking at the milestones or that the alphas and you're, you're, you're missing some key integration point for what you need to do in the UI and you're using a JSP hook and you can't reach that thing anymore because it's been modularized or yada, yada, please let us know. And as if the GSP cooks weren't uh, hard enough, <laughs> there is an yet another feature on top of that, which is I probably I think it's probably one of the most misused features in Liferay in, in terms of hooks at least. Uh, that is the um, what is it called application adapters. Oh yes, the application uh, adapters. Yeah. So, uh, so what about those? The application adapters again are a beast. Um, closely related to JSP hooks, they're effectively JSP hooks scoped to a group um, or scoped to a site. For, for, for. So those should still work the same way. Again, they're, they suffer from the same implications. Uh, uh, they suffer from the same implications, right? There's less JSPs to tackle. And so the even though you're trying to you're trying to use an application adapter on a particular JSP that doesn't exist anymore. And so you'll have to uh, do an override of a JSP. And I think the J- the application adapters are much more suited to doing more like the, the portlet filters because then you have control, you have some business logic that you can execute to decide whether you want to render this way or, or some other way, which is generally what the application adapters were trying to do. I want to make a specifically different UI in this site. And that's really a, you know, a, a, a decision of policy. Like it's a policy, it's an application policy, you know? And so I think you have more power to build those now just using uh, other mechanisms. All right. So previously, when we came to the limits of what a hook could do, we used one particular plugin type, which was called Ext. And now that uh, ideally everything has been moved out of the core, well, nothing is ideal, so there's still quite a bit in there. But a lot of the functionality that we could change through Ext is now in some modules. What's the story there? So probably, well, with Ext, I don't really uh, expect it to, to still be compatible. But uh, what's the story for the use case of Ext when I say, well, I would like to really change some implementation deep in Liferay, either in core or now in one of the modules that have been created to get all of the functionality? So first thing, uh, our goal is for Ext to uh, suffer a quick death 
and go away as, as soon as as soon as we can make it happen. Yeah, that, However, that, we that's clear, but it's, it's <laughs> the last resort. If if there yeah. was nothing that we uh, or that, if there was something nobody anticipated, um, it was still the last resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. Yeah, I I, I hear that, and and so. To answer your question quickly, it still works exactly the same way as it did previously. For so core or for modules for core, okay, yeah. for core. That's easy. Uh, <laughs> so that that's uh, for module is for modules is actually much much easier because uh, since the modules are one hundred percent service oriented. Uh, if you wanted to replace the functionality that is implemented in some, uh, you know, core module, uh, you could just supersede the services provided that by that core module with some custom implementation and you didn't even have to change the source, like you didn't even have to modify the source code. You didn't, you don't even need to touch, you don't even need to touch the original module if you didn't need to. If you really wanted to, you could just grab the source code from that single module, make a change to it, and that is still far better than having had to rebuild the source code of the entire portal with your XT changes in it. Uh, because now it's much easier for us to say, or much easier for the system to identify and and acknowledge modules that were changed as opposed to or or changed or replaced or adapted uh it's much easier it's going to be much easier for uh, companies and 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 um users of liferay to know which modules they've changed and 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 that's a, a much smaller scope of change mm -hmm. than before mm -hmm. and i i would just recommend using the service based If, if at all possible, I just recommend using service over, um, service mechanisms to override services where appropriate. And um, I, I think that's the very best way. And if all else fails and you need to change a module, module source code for a specific reason, uh, I think it's also much easier to do that. So I think EXT, the outlook of EXT is actually far the, the best outlook of any of the modules because... Ideally, you have to do much less of it. All right. Now, that's a totally unexpected conclusion. <laughs> Very quick question. As uh, the listeners might hear, a noise level is getting up. We're uh, stopping right at the beginning of the lunch break here at DEF CON. Um, so we're trying to fit everything in. Uh, is there anything that we lost that we or that we left out that we still should do right now with a rising noise level, or is this anything we then? Oh, I don't think there is anything that we can do in a minute or so. I, although oh, even question. <laughs> yeah, probably we probably there are you know hundreds of other things people would be interested in. Uh, like I just yesterday got questions: what happened to util classes and you know all these uh, details. So I would say um, probably we should collect the questions and you know. I know, do some other session maybe yeah yeah okay I, I do have uh, yeah anyways uh, Listen, uh, yeah. listeners question powered session yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea actually yeah we'll collect uh, some questions what did we forget just comment on this episode and uh, if there is anything that people are interested in and if there's a lot uh, we can actually do whatever's necessary 
through the wonders of Skype, through the wonders of Internet, and maybe we'll meet each other again because it's always nicer to record those in person, face to face, in 3D, so to say. Well, then, thank you for being available here to have your brain picked. Uh, Milan, thanks for helping picking thank the brain, and uh, well, enjoy your lunch break and the rest of DEF CON. Thank you. Thank you.